0: Hey, friends, we are your host, Leanne in Llewellyn, and welcome back to the One with Friends podcast. <sighs> I have had a long, a long day already, Llewellyn, so let's go.
1: Yes, I don't have the thing open, but I will open it right now. All right, this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been a long day too. This week we watched season seven, episode two, titled The One with Rachel's Book. Written by Andrew Reek and Ted Cohen, directed by Michael Lembeck, and originally aired on October twelfth, two thousand. Monica's dream of elaborate nuptials fizzles when she learns that her parents when she learns what her parents have done with her wedding fund, and Rachel is embarrassed when a teasing Joey stumbles onto her juicy late night reading material.
0: Oh my gosh. That definition is so funny because now they would just call it spicy reading material (laughs) like the fact that they said juicy is shows that it's a product of its time that's so funny um okay so we start in the soft open the group is all joining each other for breakfast obviously over at monica and chandler's and joey wants ross to make him some french toast and Monica's hand hurts under the weight of her new ring. Um, she's super excited about it. And Rachel suggests that they start wedding planning. Yes, already Chandler, obviously. So Monica sprints off to grab her wedding binder, which she has had since before the first grade, um, since that's only the last time Ross remembers seeing it. And I have to ask you, because there's there was a trend going on on... Gosh, it was on Instagram a while ago. So on TikTok, it had to have been like before that. Where women were posting their old Pinterest boards of what their like desired wedding would look like. With like the sound overs that was like, (laughs) Like bad my tastes change so much that there's no way a binder that i made even two years ago reflects what i'd want today is that like accurate to you as well or you have you always kind of had like
1: a vision that that you've held on to um i i definitely have a few pinterest boards of like different things uh not a few i have one um that I kind of just like throw things in when I see them. I, I'm not on Pinterest that often anymore. So, yeah, I mean, either. Don't really do anything with it, but I don't. I've never been somebody that's like, I have to have this at my wedding or like, this is gonna have to be something I do. Like, honestly, and like, I'll, I'll, we'll mention it more later when other things come up, but like, okay. I don't wanna spend a whole lot on my wedding, especially yeah. this late in my life. I'm like, honestly, it's just a day. It's all about the marriage to me, not the day of. So, um, yeah. no, I don't have big plans. I mean, I have ideas that I would love to do, but I'm not like so set that if they don't happen, I'm going to be mad.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, my, I mean, I have a board too, but I haven't touched it in forever. And if I went back to it right now, I could probably clean up half of what's pinned on there. <laughs> Oh, yeah, <laughs> because same. Of it being just dated and horrible and just tacky, I don't know. But I just had to ask cuz she pulls out this binder and I was like, "How would you know that you'd want the same things after all that time?" But it is Monica and she is a different <sighs> she's a different breed for sure. She really is, yeah. <laughs> so we go to the main part of the episode in the lecture ross is using his lecture time to convince the group that he thought of jurassic park first (laughs) okay
1: on the on the blackboard behind him. i don't know if you got to read any of it but he i didn't so when he tells the students that you know it was his idea it actually says that he was bitten by a mosquito and had a dream which led to the idea that's what the blackboard says that's so funny
0: i just love the idea that ross is using faculty time like teaching hours to talk about a movie depicting dinosaurs it's it's really funny (laughs) um okay so he's doing that when phoebe rushes in to chat with him about monica and chandler saying it's super urgent however it's really a just a request to move in with ross temporarily in order to give the newly newlywed engaged couple some privacy so in the apartment the couple plus rachel are going over wedding plans she she would blow monica would blow my i mean the my entire wedding budget just on music alone I mean, she mentioned three different types of music during the course of the entirety of the wedding festivities. It was obnoxious. Um, Joey is napping in the apartment because the duck got sick in the apartment. Um, At first, I was was shocked because I thought that the chick and the duck were gone. And then when they never...
1: Yeah, yeah, so the, the chick and the duck are never seen again, but this right. is actually the last episode where they mention one of them. Okay, got it. That Until makes sense. Until the final episode, they mention him again, but... Oh, okay, gotcha.
0: Um. Now Chandler's kind of questioning his part to play in planning when Monica says, like, of course I want your opinion too, but when she gives him a choice, she clearly already has her mind made up on the decision, leaving Chandler's opinions wrong, just flat out wrong. And Joey's annoyed at the noise while he's trying to nap. And we find out that when he kind of saunters, he said like the duck got sick on the couch and we find out that he's sick because he's been eating Rachel's face cream. Yeah so we follow joey over to the apartment as he's gonna try like resuming his nap in his bed but the duck is apparently making himself at home in there and joey considers the yellow leather couch which would be just horrible until turning around he sees a nicely made woman's bed ripe for the taking he slips right in and then he finds a book and we get the narration of the page to discover it's a dirty book. <laughs> it is a <laughs> spicy book read that Rachel has tucked away in her mattress for Joey to find, which he is thrilled by. And it's my favorite storyline throughout this
1: episode. It's so funny. Oh, wow. We, we differ. Um, okay. <laughs> the Magna Doodle is, a, is it, it's better seen later, but... I like started to guess what it was here and then was confirmed later when it, we had like a close up view of it, but mm. it's two hands holding a heart with a crown above it. Um, okay. And then this is, so this is the first time we've seen like an adult novel that Rachel has, but it was previously mentioned in like the first or second season that she has a love for it. So it's not a surprise that we've encountered mm-hmm. this with her again.
0: Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, I I feel like I remember them mentioning it, and now it's been a while since that's happened. Yeah. Um, So it's interesting that the writers took so long to kind of, like, capitalize on it, but I get it. You know, right now with Chandler and Monica being in the spotlight, and Ross and Rachel having not been a big season-ender thing from last season, um, they've got to create, you know, storylines for the other characters. So, um, In Ross's place, Phoebe has moved in and has set up her massage table for a client right in the, okay, right in the apartment entrance. So, of course, Ross comes home after doing a little grocery shopping to find this taking place and does not understand what's happening. (laughs) And so they retreat into the hallway to talk. She doesn't understand because she did this at Monica and Chandler's house. But when he says, and they knew about it, Phoebe can't answer the question. And I love how Lisa breaks just the teeniest bit in this scene. Um, Did you catch that? I didn't catch that, no. Well, her, like, lips kind of quiver as if, like, she wants to kind of, like, laugh because of the, like, situational humor. It wasn't, like, big and outgoing, but it was sort of, like, her demeanor couldn't help but, like, smile. Um, And so I just loved it. So Ross feels like having... Her clients in his place is going to hinder his ability to like come and go as he pleases and so she agrees that she'll find another place to host her clients
1: yeah okay so ross says that um he makes a mistake of saying like i just want to come home and kick back with my puzzle yeah correcting himself and i have never heard a statement that ross said that i like felt so deeply (laughs) like there is nothing better than just coming home and like kicking it with a puzzle and, like, your favorite Netflix show or whatever. Oh, wow. Well, once again, I, we couldn't be more different. <laughs> We're, like, two passing
0: ships in this episode, I think. Yeah. My, my do, I, I think about reading while I'm at work. So that's my version of kicking back and doing a puzzle is coming yeah. home yeah. with my Kindle situation and reading it's until just I go a, to bed.
1: It's just a different, like, type of creativity because, yes. you know, they're both challenging in their own ways. Yeah, Totally. Um, So at Joey's place,
0: Rachel comes home while Joey is sweeping, which is obviously a part of his, of what he's going to do in this scene. It's very on the nose for what he's trying to portray to her. So, because it's obviously like the chimney sweep, which he obviously doesn't know what like chimney sweepers do, but he's like trying to emulate it. So He knows, he knows what he's doing, but she is clueless until as she is moving into her bedroom, Joey says, where are you going? The vicar won't be home for hours. (laughs) The (laughs) The smugness on Joey's face when he says it and the shock on Rachel's. I was laughing out loud throughout this whole runner, but it's one of the jokes that a lot of the times on friends, when there's a joke that obvious often the script allows the audience to be the one that reacts and the characters are the ones who have to play the straight man. Whereas this one, you could tell Joey was so pleased with himself. And I loved that about this joke.
1: <laughs> okay. I mean, so, I can get behind that, but I hate the storyline and we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> it a little bit later, but okay. Okay. I just, Cannot stand the storyline. Um also question. <laughs> As someone yeah. who also has roommates, do you leave your bedroom door open or shut when you're gone? Oh shut all the time. Yeah. I just I guess I've never like really paid attention, but they always leave their doors open. Yeah. Like, my roommates would never just like come in and lay on my bed.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. They're but they've known each other for forever. I feel like yeah, that's true. It might just be a little different. They're like all best friends, so there's probably yeah. a certain amount of like familiarity that you don't like get with other people.
1: Yeah, um, which is weird.
0: So I love like, like she knows. I love the tell in this too because he says the word vicar, and she knows he wouldn't know that word. <laughs> And it makes her realize that he found her book. And so Rachel is so mad that he went into her room, but he's just ecstatic. He's like, I found your porn. And she's like, you know what? I will not be embarrassed about like my erotica. And it's an expression of female pleasure. And she tries to elevate. What's so funny about her justification is that instead of just being like, yeah, that's what I read and like brushing it off, she tries to elevate it to this more like, romantic and like poetic elevated place like oh it's an expression of female pleasure but when she turns he laughs and reiterates the basics he's like you've got porn which at the basics of it it is but she tries to make it this like flowery justification for something that joey just will not accept and calls her out on the carpet for it which i really appreciated yeah now across, across the street, it Ross is, he's settling in for the night and annoyed at the massage table that's still in the living room when he gets a knock on the door. And a beautiful woman is there asking for Phoebe, but when he has to tell her she's out for the night and inquires if he can help, she asks if he's a masseur, which he immediately says that he is. Unfortunately, she's not the client. The client is her father, and he's settling in for an hour massage by Ross. Obviously, not Ross's ideal situation. He's been hoodwinked, but he kind of deserved it. He's the one that lied. He dug. He dug his own grave on this one. I have to he say. Did. Yeah. Uh, so on this, um, we we are being taken on this double date Monica and Chandler her parents they're eating they're eating swapping stories and laying down the groundwork about wedding planning and how uh, the Monica wedding fund is going to be taking a big withdrawal soon however it's written all over their faces um they have to reveal that they they do have it it's just in the form of real estate now the beach house which is the beach house where they all went to, right? That one time where yes, yeah, where Monica got stung by the jellyfish and Chandler was trying to get her to be like, "Yeah, I would be your boyfriend." And she was like, no. <laughs> so it's in the beach house, and they yes. they had lost faith in her getting married and thought, this is what bugs me. And they thought that if she got married after thirty, she'd pay for it. They just sort of, like, assumed all these things. Then they said they started feeling guilty, so they saved again when she dated Richard. But then, obviously when that went, you know, badly, it got spent on a remodel, and they never even saved when she started dating Chandler. They're like, well, he's Chandler. So they didn't even start to make an effort when it was, you know, starting to be, like, a serious relationship. I would be, yeah. I would be gutted. Oh, um, for sure. If if I knew that there was a savings account for it and then when I went to go make a withdrawal and like planned on it because I had been told that it was gone, I would I would feel so betrayed. And the way that they the way that they talked about it, like we lost faith in you getting married and we just thought that you'd take care of it yourself if you got married after 30. I'm like, not everyone gets married before they're 30. Like it it's just it it made me really angry at the parents.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I definitely think their, their expectation for her to have already been married was a little dumb. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But also, yeah, like they, they didn't see any value like in her current relationship. Like it's just a continuation of like the, you know, Ross is the better child in their eyes. Um, yeah. Even though like Ross has been married and divorced three times, but yeah, I know. What would what would it take for the golden boy to like get off right. of his high horse in their eyes? Right. Right. Okay. A couple things about this scene. One, Monica mm. looks incredible. I'm pretty mm. sure pink is like one of her colors. Um, yeah, that red family man for her is yeah, like for sure. Uh, there was a slight like glitch like an audio glitch when Monica goes to say what about when I started dating Chandler um, like the, the audio didn't line up with her mouth for like a couple of seconds mm-hmm. and then oh continuity. I noticed that too yeah it was like I don't know if they just didn't have a better take or what but it was obvious um, and then continuity so Ross is referred to in this entire series as like a medical marvel because they never thought that his mom would be able to conceive a child. But yet here, we find out that Monica's parents actually got pregnant before they got married. And Mm. that's why it led to their marriage. So I don't know how accurate the whole medical Marvel thing is if they actually got pregnant before they were married. Great call out. Yeah, so that's that's a weird coincidence.
0: Yeah, for sure. Speaking of Ross, we have the unfortunate um, thing where we, we have to see him staring down at this man and lotioning him up. Uh, I was uncomfortable for him yeah. in this scene. If there's one thing that David Schwimmer is good at in, in the relationship to his character, Ross, is the the physical com- like comedic acting. Like, his physical comedy. I could feel how uncomfortable he was lotioning this man up. And, like, and even when he's, like, lotioning up his own hands before touching the guy, I was so uncomfortable. <laughs> I felt like I shouldn't be there watching it. I felt like I shouldn't have been in the room. And, and though he does get a little into it when he starts using the salad bowl utensils to do the massaging. Like, he kind of finds this rhythm and and is gonna like go for it and that's pretty much it for this scene
1: yeah um i just want to call out the door i know we've seen ross's door as yellow but it just i don't know for some reason it stuck out to me in this episode wait it's yellow (laughs) it's yellow and it kind of looks like a like it looks like a metal door with a bunch of like Hmm. knots on it like little round knot things and it just doesn't make sense with the look of his apartment Because his walls are, like, maroon, and then this door is, like, yellow. I don't know. It's so weird. Interesting. I actually did not notice the door was yellow. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, we called out in an earlier season, like, when he had first moved in, like, the door, outside of the door it changes. Yeah, Yeah, but I think it's finally landed on this yellow one, and I just don't get how it matches the room. (laughs)
0: Well, I wonder if the creators were banking on it seeming to match the apartment complex even though we don't see that but that would be kind of a stretch for them to think through that um so the couple's apartment the Chandler and Monica come in discussing other options for paying and discussing Chandler's parents and I laughed so hard when they talked about Dollywood because before <laughs> I moved to Nashville I would have had zero reference for what Dollywood was Oh really? We're not we're not country people like we don't even listen to country music like I just didn't, my family did not grow up that way. I mean I grew up in Arizona and then which is not even close and then moved to Michigan which is the opposite and also still not really that close. So I just, I didn't have the reference for it and I don't care about, sorry, but I don't care about Dolly Parton at all. So like Dollywood wouldn't have been something that I would have latched onto when I watched it the first time. But now since moving, you know, to Nashville, I have a greater of reference for things. And when they said Dollywood, I was like, ah, that's around near me. Um, And the girls have, you know, are obviously overhearing this conversation and wonder what's happening and Monica has to share the news. And I think it's funny that while Phoebe is here in the apartment, Ross, if the timing is right, is like across the street right at this moment giving a massage to an old guy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was like watching them talk and I was like, wait, if Phoebe's here, that means Ross is currently giving a massage. Um, And Rachel is so sad about it too. Um, She like talks about it needing to be in a rec center Um, And Chandler's trying to console her by stating, like, the most important thing is that they are going to get married and that they love each other. And they are thrown the option of paying for it themselves. And apparently the number is big enough of what Chandler has for Monica's scenario A. Do you even know, like, how much an average wedding costed in the early 2000s? I don't, but I could definitely look it up. Um, Look it up just to see, because then if we know the average, I'm guessing Monica's A would be higher than that. Like, average New York, average wedding cost in New York in the early 2000s. That's quite a thing
1: to try and research and very niche. Um, um, okay, a couple of things about the scene while I'm looking this up. Um, yeah. I actually really... I really enjoyed how emotional Rachel got with her. Like, I really loved seeing that dynamic of like the two best friends are like grieving the idea of not being able to have this wedding the way that they planned their entire lives. Yeah. I just really thought that was sweet. Agreed. Um, Yeah. And then I think we're still going to talk about Chandler, right? With what he does. Yeah. So like,
0: Monica, of course, is ecstatic about it. She can get, she can get scenario A, like this is her dream, you know, but Chandler has to question like what she's suggesting. I think he needs to bring it down to reality and be like, Hey, like I have been saving that for, what do you say? Six years. I've been saving it for the future. And he's, he says, I'm not going to spend it on one party. And Monica says they can always make more, but he like puts his foot down, literally says it. And Phoebe's, okay, Phoebe's quote here has to be one of my favorites, I think, in the entire show. I wish it was more iconic than it is because she goes, Money and a firm hand, finally a channeler I can get on board with.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) And I was like, agreed like financial responsibility and security in a man uh yes please where do i sign on that dotted line like yes doesn't mean he has to have all the money but the fact that he is financially responsible gives that like financial security and i'm like go chandler i thought that it's so interesting to see monica in a with an opinion that seems so extravagant where Chandler has to be the one to like I don't know rein her back it's like I can see it and also not see it at the same time it's such a weird dynamic but
1: yeah I literally loved
0: Phoebe's quote here
1: I know I just I'm like right there with Chandler and this is what I was referring to earlier like I don't see the point of spending thousands of dollars on a wedding that is one day of celebration. I get the idea of having a ceremony, having your friends together, having a reception, all that stuff. I get it. But I'm not going to go spend ten, twenty thousand dollars 20000 on one day when, like Chandler said, I could be saving this for my future with a down payment to our house, you mean know, new car for us if we needed it. Um, I would almost rather spend a little bit more on the honeymoon after the fact than the day yeah. of. But yep. yeah, I was like, right there with Chandler when she was when she started complaining about it I'm like no like he's been saving this money for six years it took him six years to save that much money yeah like what if what if you guys get married and then you all of a sudden were to get pregnant and you didn't have that money to fall back on like yeah that's a that's a big thing
0: yeah I mean I I totally agree I think as kind of to your point as I've gotten older I just realized the the priority on the day isn't The look of the thing or the aesthetic of the thing it's the fact that you're able to sit with the people that you love the most and like get married to the person that you're choosing to spend the rest of your life with and I yeah. 100% agree with you. Like, I want like a month long honeymoon, which is going to cost like a small fortune in and of itself. So, I'd rather spend more on the honeymoon because that's yeah for sure. our, like our time. So, yeah. Okay, so I was
1: able to find the average cost in 2005. So, like mid okay. the 2000s, yeah. um, was about twenty six thousand dollars. Ooh, average. So that's the average oh my God. cost. Oh my yeah. God.
0: So I'll, bet, so that he, I'll bet he had like 30 grand saved. He probably did. Six years. Six times five is 30, isn't it? 30, 30? Six times five is 30, yeah. So 5000 a year saved? Yeah. yeah he must I'll, make I'll be- a
1: lot of money. <laughs> I think I mean, Chandler makes the most money of all the friends. Uh
0: I don't know. Ross has lived by himself in New York with a non-rent um what do you call it? Uh rent control. Yeah, I guess that's true. Space. And he's also considered a he's doctor. He's a professor, like professor, a doctor yeah. professor. He's like tenured, I think, at some point.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think to Chandler's I don't think Chandler like he's probably behind. But but honestly, Chandler has been paying rent alone. Like, it's not like Joey has chipped in. So it's almost as if he lived alone. Yeah. But no, yeah, you're right. True. I bet Ross does make more, but Chandler, I think Ross
0: makes more because there's course. a runner, there's like a storyline coming up where Chandler kind of hates his job and he's still like in a cubicle. And then he oh, gets yeah, to go true. off and like run his own, like, I don't know, department or project like out in Tulsa um, where that would come with like a promotion and things like that. So, um. I think he's one of the most responsible with it, even though I could definitely see Ross as being responsible too. Um, Okay, cafe. I think this is the only time we're in the cafe. Is that accurate? Like in the main part of this episode? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Joey's in the cafe ready to roast Rachel still. And Ross comes in and asks like what they're talking about. And she curtly says nothing. But when Ross... (laughs) When Ross takes a sip of his coffee, it's cold. And then he asks her if he can heat it up on her
1: loins. (laughs) Okay, this is where I was done with this stupid storyline. I literally wrote down, Joey is such a douchebag for this. Like, Joey telling Ross is so funny. I think it's so funny. It's kind of like,
0: to me, it's the same thing as them constantly making fun of Ross over the course of almost an entire season about Elizabeth being a child, And the fact that they only let this go one episode, it's a funny runner to me. And Rock, I mean, to be fair, Ross thinks he is so clever, stating, like, I guess you bought that book after we broke up. And then she snaps, "Uh uh-huh, that's because I wore out my first copy when I was with you. And he panics. You see his face? He panics and tries to, like, get her back, like, to come back, like, get her back in, like, the quips. But then it backfires in front of the whole cafe, um, making Ross look h- horrible just does not put him in a good light at all but that, the fact that she said that she wore out her first copy with him, I mean his, it was such <laughs> it was so funny to me so then Phoebe comes in and makes it worse because she's talking about like how can he do that to an old man <laughs> and Ross not is Ross still is like, like It's not. It's just accumulation of a bunch of different comments. And Phoebe is is not happy with Ross for taking a client of hers. And he tries to, like, he tries to hold his ground, but it's very clear that it's his fault and he apologizes. We're back in the couple's apartment. Monica comes in apologizing and says it's not fair for her to ask chandler to spend all of his money on a wedding but chandler says he's been thinking about it and that he should spend the, like they, they should spend the whole amount and she starts talking about the future and stuff and he starts listing the things that he's thought through for their future and it's so sweet to listen to oh, i
1: love this moment
0: but you like you i the way that Chandler did it by saying that yeah, well the future will just have to change and he talks about going from four kids down to two, how they'll have to live outside of the city instead, maybe a cat instead of a dog because like they're easier. Um and of course an apartment for Joey. And she is just absolutely smitten with him. Um and it makes her realize, I want that future. I want everything you just said. I want a marriage and then the most me moment of monica that i think exists on the entire show she says now when you said cat you meant dog right <laughs> well, and i couldn't have point, agreed more
1: oh for sure but at this point she doesn't know that he's afraid of dogs sure um so i think that could be like a point where she mentions it too but yeah i would 100% agree dog over cat yeah Hundred um, percent.
0: Okay. Anything about the rest of the episode before we do the tag? Uh, no. Okay. So in the tag, Rachel is balancing her checkbook when Joey comes out looking like some type of field hockey or rugby player. Maybe he clearly doesn't know what a vicar is. It's <laughs> just so funny. And she's like, she says enough, but Joey has to keep poking. Um. and like he says that like he can take her roughly in the barn and then she calls his bluff she's like all right i am done with this so she is like backing him through the apartment he's realizing she's like all right let's do this like come on joey yeah like all that stuff you said and all of a sudden he's like too scared to do anything else and she knows that she's one um and and we can safely assume probably that the runner is done. Like he has made his last joke on Rachel's, you know, behest, uh, for for, you know, that runner. So okay, favorite scene?
1: Um probably the scene mostly because I didn't care for the, you know, storyline this one was named after. Um Probably that last scene with Chandler and Monica where they actually, you know, they had an argument, but they came back together and communicated. Um, I really liked and I there's nothing I like more than like a sappy Chandler, especially as we get farther in these seasons, Um, how Mm -hmm. he is with Monica. I just love every bit of it. So I would say that scene. What about you? Um...
0: I love the entirety of The Runner (laughs) with Rachel and Joey. The way he keeps making fun of her, I think, is hilarious and bringing in the friends. I do think, I do think, I think I'm a sucker for when they make fun of Ross or, like, quip at Ross. So the fact that she... The fact that she has to like snap back at him and say that like, yeah, this, yeah, I guess I did buy this one after we broke up because the first one wore out when I was with you. I think that's so funny. Um, so I, I think that's my favorite. Although I did love, I do love a sappy Chandler. Um,
1: uh, episode rating. Um, honestly, I'm gonna give this. You're gonna hate this. I'm gonna give this one to Marcel. Whoa. Um just because this might be I our biggest difference,
0: like our biggest gap in rating.
1: Yeah, I just didn't care for it. I didn't like that storyline. I didn't care for the Phoebe and Ross one either. And I mean of all the wedding ones we've had so far, like it's just a lot of like planning and stuff and I don't know. I I didn't care for this episode, we'll put it that way. I didn't laugh out loud as much as I was hopeful for. Mm. Okay that makes
0: sense I am not completely on the other end but I am giving it like a higher higher than the mid um I'm gonna give it a how you doing um I didn't really care for the like Ross Phoebe one um but I did like how they addressed kind of a major topic that couples go through like the expectations of weddings and then having real conversations around finances and I did appreciate that, especially because we've just come off of like the high of their engagement and are now getting into like the practicalness of what it looks like to be engaged of like, yes, we are planning a wedding. We're meeting with our parents to try and ask for, you know, the money that's in our, you know, our savings or not, apparently. Um, and then I thought the Rachel and Joey scene was the peak for this episode. So <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. Um, all right, post show wrap up we will go straight to social media spotlight and i'm gonna call this the one where i read all the stuff that i'd previously missed i found a facebook a facebook messenger message from someone mind you it's not as far back as i thought but still i realized i'd never check our facebook but um we have a new friend amy Who says Hi, I'm new here. I just listened to the first episode of the podcast and love it. I have been a fan of this show since it aired in 1994. I was 14 when the show started airing and as a 14 year old dreamed of having an apartment in life like that after high school. I can't wait to listen to more of the episodes. Thank you for the podcast. And Barry wasn't attractive in the 90s. He was sleazy. Yuck. I find Joey and Chandler so much more attractive. You will get no arguments from us, Amy, (laughs) Nope (laughs) on on that front. Then I found a couple of emails that I don't know where those have been. Um, But Kimberly sent us an email about episode 50, which was back in season two, episode 22. She said, I was listening to this episode today. Y'all may have already found the answer, Jack and Christy that Chandler was referring to is from the show Three's Company. So I do think we got that sorted in a different episode, but I just wanted to make sure that we followed up on it. Um, our Swedish friend also said in the episode, I think that we named the one that could have been. She said, I've read somewhere that Ben's name is still Ben in the scenario to avoid confusion, even though he got his name after Ross and Susan fought in the closet at the hospital therefore not possible their son got that name in this universe that's a very good point and i did not think about that um she said my nephew's name is benjamin and is called ben too so you can imagine i love that name that cutie is 16 now and i hate how tall he is (laughs) i also hate that my nephew and niece uh, nephews and niece are growing up um she said he in comparison to friends Ben has an opportunity to play with his sister, who's now 12. So that's from our Swedish friend. Thank you so much. Um, Then, that is not one that we need. Okay, and then I'll read a couple from our Instagram as well. Um, Let's see. Sorry, I'm going between like my computer my phone. Um all right, another one. Uh another new friend to us, uh Livier. She said or he actually it's a couple on there, so I'm not extra sure. Um they said, Hi friends, I recently found your podcast and I've been listening in order from season one. Currently I'm listening to episode 90 and I'm trying to catch up. Love. The trivia. <laughs> oh, no. Well, she will soon find out. Wow, we've been doing it since episode 90? Wow. That means we've been doing it for like 60 episodes. Oh, That's wow. That's kind of insane. And we ended that, it, so. We ended it. It is gone. Um, we also got a message from uh, Agastya. Agastya. Um, also a new friend. Man, We have a lot of new friends. This is fun. Hi, I'm Agastia and I finished Friends last year and have been looking for a good Friends podcast since. And your podcast has been the perfect uh, one. It's so fun. I've already listened to most of it in just three months. Keep up the great work. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Agastya. Appreciate it. Um, I will leave. Actually, there's only. No, that's it um everyone else sent reels so thank you for um just connecting with us um via instagram so that's it um social media spotlight right on to recommend to a friend what you got for us
1: luellen um yes i you should be proud of me i have three of them written there i see that and i am shooketh i'm proud (laughs) of you i'm proud okay um i'm actually gonna do this one at the end first um so I, last summer, I started carrying a, you know, fanny pack. You know how they're kind of, like, all the rage nowadays? Um, Belt bags. We don't call them fanny packs anymore. <laughs> whatever. Belt bags, fanny packs, over-the-shoulder thing. Yeah. You're going to ostracize our like, our, like, under-30s. Really <laughs> Um, we're trying to You'll learn that youngins you'll learn that as you get a little older that you just stop carrying sometimes (laughs) so anyways I don't and the point of this is I started carrying one and then I had a friend gift me like an actual lululemon one because I would never buy one of those by myself because those are too expensive in my opinion um but they gifted me one and it was even smaller than the one I carried so I had an issue of like how am I going to fit like my money and my cards, and my ID and all that stuff? Because I am overly anxious when they're not in something that I'm going to lose it. So I don't like just carrying my ID or my cards or money or any of that stuff. So I had to find something. And so I've been looking around for something I could just like stick in there. Um, and I finally found something on amazon called the company is called chums c-h-u-m-s and they literally make these little like i wouldn't even call it a wallet it's like a it's almost like a money like a change thing or whatever but it's designed for like cards and cash and all that but they make all of them out of like men's swim shorts um So they're like old swim shorts that they no longer use. And they're like really good quality. They're waterproof, which is really great. Uh, They have two zippers. So there's one on the top and the bottom. And then it also has like a little, um, I don't know what the proper name of these are, like the little like loop thing. So you can attach it to like something, Um, but it's like super slim and sleek and it fits exactly what I need. And it fits right into my Lululemon bag. And I don't have to. You know be digging around the bag for my cards i don't have to lose my cards and then when i go to like the gym i just take the small wallet itself and like attach it to my water bottle and it's so like light and easy to carry so i highly recommend the chums wallet i don't they have other things on there as well like bigger ones and i think they have bags as well um but it's really good quality it's fairly affordable and i found it on amazon but i'm sure you can find it anywhere so i highly recommend chums wallet did you mean like a carabiner? Um, it doesn't have a carabiner, but like the circle oh. thing that you clip a carabiner on. Oh, okay. What yeah. is that? Yeah, that like you put like a key mm. ring. That's sure. I think that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, okay, love that.
0: Um, my recommend to a friend comes as a direct result of something I did this morning. Uh, maybe the more accurate expression is something I did to myself this morning. Um, I hopped on the Barbenheimer trend. Um, For those of you that don't know what this phenomenon is, is I think it should just be a national holiday where because Oppenheimer and the Barbie movie came out release date the exact same day, people are going to see them both on opening weekend and like back to back. So, my first movie started at 6.30 in the theater this morning, <laughs> which is insane. Um, but Oppenheimer, I went into the IMAX um, theater. Um, I think it was IMAX with lasers. I think it's like what the, I don't know, IMAX with lasers and Dolby or something like that. And it <laughs> it was true artistry on film it their audio choices were brilliant when you thought it would be loud when you thought it like would be loud it'd be dead silent when you thought it should be dead silent it was thunderous I there was a moment in the film that and like I because of the way that they used the audio like you physically like the inside of my body like I had a visceral reaction to different parts of the movie where because the music was like getting faster or getting like more dramatic or something like I felt like I was I had I've never experienced like audio like that before and at one point in the movie it's not at the end it's probably about two hours in would you what you would kind of think is like the pinnacle like kind of the the crescent top of it is I actually like could not help because of how they chose to use the audio and the visuals that like I I teared up and couldn't help myself but to like cry it was stunning um it didn't I don't even understand how it didn't feel like a three-hour movie, even though I'm very aware that it was a three-hour movie. Even during it, when you kind of take yourself mentally out of the movie to think, like, I'm in a theater right now. This is three hours long. It still didn't feel like a three-hour movie, which is shocking because a three-hour movie is not for the faint of heart. I mean, that's like the extended version of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so, um, so, but for those of you who are even remotely interested, I'd say... It is worth it going to a theater that has like better quality audio and visuals, Um, but just go see it. Highly recommend it. It was stunning. Um, Yeah. Oppenheimer recommend to a friend. Barbie was okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it, It was like, it had a twist. You know, or, or like it wasn't, it, it had like a good, I don't know. It was fine. It was a good movie. But Oppenheimer was brilliant. Um. Okay. So that means next week we are going to cover the one with Phoebe's Cookies. Yeah. Oh. so yes. Melvin. Yeah. You, we are, we hit some major milestones today on our Duolingo. Today we oh, texted we each other because of our milestones. Do you want to share with the people where you're at?
1: Yes, guys. I just hit my hundred day streak this whoa, whoa. this day today right now. Yes,
0: yes, 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 yes. That is amazing. Which
1: means Leanne
0: that hit her what? My two hundred days. <laughs> um. Yeah, we're exactly hundred days apart. So, which is so fun because I know at any given time, like wherever Llewellyn is, like I know exactly kind of where she is because of where we're at in our days. Um even my widget on my lost phone it the changed other day, did
1: I tell you that oh <gasps> no it was like eleven forty-five, and I hadn't <gasps> done it yet and I was like oh my god I need to get my streak on thankfully it like notifies you oh, as you get close yeah. and I'm like okay cool yes and I just hopped on real quick did one and then went to sleep <laughs> that's true that's
0: true um and I do love how they have like Maybe it's the workout, like the one that has the today's review, like the workout ones. I always just do the words one when I need like a quick like lesson yeah, for the for day. Sure. Um, so that's cool.
1: Well, I'm proud of you. We're, we're doing good. Thanks. Okay. All right. We'll see you guys <laughs> next week on the One Women's Friends Podcast.